can't be as bad as you, really. Trust Seriously. me. Trust me. Trust no, I'm me. Serious. You're horrible. No, you're worse no, than No, I'm serious. Welcome to Arnie Geddon. I'm Cam Smith. And I'm Tony G. And we're here this week for a steel cage matchup. Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Sylvester Stallone. That's right. We're going to find out who comes out on top in the filmography of Arnie versus Sly. That's right. The way we're going to do this, it's going to be a competition. We are going to go by year by year and decide who won that year. So, for example, in 1991, both these guys have movies coming out. Which one had the better movies? Who won 1991? That's the way it's going to go from the beginning of when they're both active right to the end. But we are only going to focus on the years in which they were competing head-to-head. And I think it's really interesting, you know, Tony, these combatants have been at each other's throat since almost day one of their careers when they emerged, you know, into the superstardom realm. You know, they may have been at each other's throats even before that, with Stallone beating Schwarzenegger out of the womb by just over a year, being born on July 6th, 1946. That's right, in Hell's Kitchen, New York. He grew up on the rough streets. This guy knows what it's like to be a competitor. Whereas Schwarzenegger, July 30th, 1947. Mmm, bit of a slouch in that area. Born in Austria, no less. Luckily, birth dates aren't going to weigh in on this. <laughs> that would be amazing if that's the tiebreakers. Who was born first? <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, I think that makes Stallone a Cancer and Schwarzenegger a Leo. You're darn right that's what it means. And that means these two are competitive. So why don't we look at Stallone? Because we talk a lot about Schwarzenegger on this podcast. I think the listeners know where we stand with Schwarzenegger at this point. You know, 30-something episodes in. But what about Stallone? Tony, just like Schwarzenegger, Stallone has been in some of the greatest action movies of all time. He has sort of worked with James Cameron. In what regard? James Cameron was a writer on... Oh, of course, of course, yeah. (laughs) Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yep. Now, Stallone's maybe a little bit more of a sequel-like guy, but some of those sequels are some of the greatest action sequels of all time. Mm -hmm. And do you remember your first sort of experiences with Stallone? Like, did he grab you right out of the gate the way maybe Schwarzenegger did? It's hard to say, Cam. I've mentioned before on this podcast that uh, I was blessed with a uh, horribly irresponsible father, at least in terms of what he let me watch. Right. And growing up, I watched... A lot of Stallone movies, and I watched a lot of Schwarzenegger movies. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember which one came first, right. which one was the chicken, which one was the egg. Sure. <laughs> which one was the cancer, which one was the Leo. <laughs> That's right. But I have a lot of fond memories of Stallone movies growing up, and and I still watch Stallone movies to this day. Do you have any favorites from when you were young? When I was young, it was hard to go wrong with the sheer carnage of Rambo... 2 and Rambo 3. Right. I remember enjoying, for example, Cobra a lot. Uh, And then when I became maybe a little bit more of a teenager, uh, watching things like Daylight and The Specialist. Not quite at the same level of quality uh, as maybe some of his earlier stuff, but that was kind of my relationship to him when I was growing up. How about you? I remember my dad showing the family Rocky when he first got the VHS. I think maybe my sister and I gave it to him for Christmas. 
But I don't know that, like, we, we enjoyed it, but I don't think it had, like, a massive impact on us. Um, I think I appreciated the Rocky movies more later down the road. For me, definitely the, as you said, Rambo 2 and 3, more so 2 for me. Like, I loved Rambo 2 as a kid. Um, and then Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger was uh, a big, big deal in my house. Of course. How could I forget Cliffhanger? Uh, yeah, Cliffhanger is probably the Stallone movie I've seen the most out of all of them. I think that Cliffhanger is the Stallone movie that I've seen the most across the board. Like, we watched that movie religiously for quite a long time. And I, I'm just curious, you know, over the years, was Stallone someone you constantly kept up with the way you did a lot of your life with Schwarzenegger? Or did you kind of go in and out just depending on what he put out? Like, were you really loyal to the Stallone brand, or was it more like, you know, movie-dependent or project-dependent? I'd say I followed Stallone uh, up until about the time he released Daylight or Copland in the in the late 90s. I think Copland was, was nine, 97. Uh, but after that, he started doing, you know, the Spy Kids movies and a lot of stuff that went straight to video, and I kind of lost track of him a little bit. Yeah, like, I can't say I ever followed him passionately. I would always see his action movies... But when he would do some of his offbeat comedies and things like that that we'll get to later down the road, uh, I can't say I was watching those. I did see them later in life. But, um, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Once they started kind of going straight to video and things like that, I, I checked out. And I've seen some of them since then. But I remember there was a point in my life, like, I was just convinced that Stallone was done. Like, he was going straight to video. You know, where Seagal had gone, where Van Damme had gone, and that was going to be the end of him. And yet, Stallone is always the comeback kid. In many ways, he schools Arnold Schwarzenegger in staging comebacks. We've seen Schwarzenegger struggle post-political life to really get a foothold in Hollywood again. But Stallone, just when you think he's out, he always comes back, usually with a Rocky or a Rambo movie. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, he's... Uh... You know, Stallone the actor is similar to Stallone's characters in that way. Totally. Scrappy and never bet against them. So I think on that note then, we've kind of summed up our feelings on Stallone. Let's seg into the competition, the main event of what everyone is listening to this episode for. I think people who have been turning into Arnie Geddon for some time are, are <laughs> primarily used to our Schwarzenegger movie reviews. We have done a couple different reviews. We did a, a biography-ish kind of episode on... Andy Vanya, another one on James Cameron. We've done a couple uh, non-Schwarzenegger movies. This one's a little different. We haven't done anything like this before. No, this is not going to be a journey through the biography of Stallone. This is a head-to-head. -head. Who won their individual movie years? We're looking at them as competition for one another and how maybe that competition pushed them to take bigger and bigger risks or have bigger and bigger knives. Sure, oh, and muscles and pursue maybe more interesting directors or maybe just make sequels. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'll say, too, is this episode is uh, as convenient as it is on a, on a podcast like ours. We can't take full credit for it because there was a very real rivalry between Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Big time. They, they were always one-upping each other, especially in their respective heydays in the kind of 80s and 90s. Bigger guns, bigger knives, bigger muscles, bigger explosions. And they didn't have a lot of nice things to say about each other at that time. No, they were partners in the uh, Planet Hollywood business, but they were super competitive with one another and would often put each other down to the press and all that sort of stuff. It was really kind of fun <laughs> as an action fan. But Tony, before we get into the year-by-year -year breakdown, why don't you just give some uh, some stats here for the box office numbers in terms of these guys being box office heavyweights? Sure, we've got a couple numbers here that I think highlight 
why we're doing an episode like this. The unadjusted domestic box office for Arnold Schwarzenegger is $1,885,000,000. Whoa. Stallone edges him out a little bit at $2,556,000,000. Double whoa. But that doesn't tell the whole story. Okay. Worldwide, Schwarzenegger actually has a little bit of an edge. Stallone clocks in at $4,656,000,000, whereas Schwarzenegger edges him out just a little bit at $4,731,000,000. So what you're saying is Stallone is like the hometown champ, but Schwarzenegger is the people's champion across the world. That's an excellent way of putting that. That may have something to do with where they're fighting out of. For, right. To, sure. to push this analogy as far as we can go. I, I think we are going to definitely beat it to death and then some <laughs> over the course sure. of this episode. Schwarzenegger's obviously fighting out of Austria, whereas Stallone's the hometown boy. Yeah, from New York. Not only that, but Schwarzenegger may actually edge Stallone out a little bit on the per-movie punching power if we can, again, beat this horse as right. it struggles into the <laughs> nearest ditch. Sure. Uh, his movies actually average a little bit more per film than Stallone's do. Schwarzenegger's domestic, $1.885 billion. Uh, that's over 30 movies, which puts it at $62 million and change. Okay, okay. Stallone, on the other hand, his $2.55 billion is over 43 movies, which puts him at... $59.5 million per movie on average. Okay. No surprise here. Uh, Schwarzenegger's biggest hit is Terminator 2, right. which uh, grossed $206 million at the time. Adjusted, that's uh, about $520 million in today's dollars. Right. So just under something like The Dark Knight then. Stallone's biggest hit, and it's... I don't know if you really want to call this a Stallone movie, but it's the recent Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which took in uh, $390 million domestically. But the actual biggest Stallone starring vehicle is Rambo Part 2. Rambo First Blood Part 2 at $150 million. Right. Interestingly, though, if you adjust it for inflation, uh, Stallone's biggest hit by far is Rocky at $496 million. Interesting, interesting. Okay. So pretty comparable. The, these guys are on all the numbers, uh, whether it's worldwide, domestic, per film, they're... They're they're sizing up pretty well against each other. This is this is a boxing match I'd actually like to see. Right? Yeah, it would probably be better than that movie Grudge Match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone's got a little bit more reach. The other guy's got a little bit more weight. Yeah. So, someone's better on defense. Someone's better on offense. Okay. Well, let's enter the old uh, arena here and break it down. So, okay, they're both coming up at the same time, which I think is really interesting. And in that you know Schwarzenegger, the he, Leo. Yeah, the Leo is, uh, you know, in the bodybuilding world. And Stallone is trying to make a name for himself in as Hollywood. As a cancer. As a cancer. Is trying to make a name for himself in Hollywood. So, yeah, Stallone's really kind of struggling at this point. You know, he's appearing in movies like the softcore movie, The Party at Kitty and Studs. And then he's doing cameos in some respected movies like Clute and Bananas. Ultimately, 1969, these two guys kind of go head-to-head -head for the first time. 1969 is the year... And that is the year that Schwarzenegger appears in Hercules in New York slash Hercules Goes Bananas, where he teams up with a wacky guy named Pretzi to take on the world. And Stallone appears in an anti-LSD film called The Square Root. <laughs> now, I have not seen The Square Root. I tried to find it online. I was going to watch this thing. But, you know, Tony, when you look at these two things, you know, you've seen Hercules Goes Bananas. 
right? Yeah, and I would have a hard time believing that the square root was worse than that, but it, <laughs> it sounds like it might give it a run for its money. Yeah, I think it might be fun. It might be hilarious. It'd probably be like Reefer Madness type stuff where you're like, this is absolutely absurd. Um, but it's definitely not one that's gotten any sort of release later down the road as an ironic Stallone DVD bargain bin special. I think they actually did put out Kitty and Studs in like, I think they renamed it the Italian Stallion or something. Yeah, once Stallone got a little bit more famous, they realized that they could make some money, I guess, off of his other parts. Yeah, yeah. But I think what's interesting about these two movies, Stallone's and Schwarzenegger's entries this year, neither one of them do their job. Neither one of them become a star off these two movies. And so they are these two failures, because Hercules in New York, which we talked about, it's pretty much a disaster. <laughs> it's got a hell of a bear suit in it. It does. So, actually, the guy who was in the bear suit was also, like, the star of many softcore films. <laughs> so there you go. Good to <laughs> a little know. trivia. I gotta wonder what was going on in the late 60s. No <laughs> kidding. So, Tony, who won 1969? That's a tough one to say, because I have not seen The Square Root. Uh, my guess is that nobody who doesn't listen to this podcast has seen Hercules in New York. Yeah. Uh, I think i got to give it to Hercules in New York, because at least that's a real film. It may not be a good one, but it, they're trying to make, you know, a wacky comedy. It was shown on the big screen. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> Whereas The Square Root, who knows? Well, it's tough to say, because... Stallone in The Square Root at least was billed as his own name, sure. where, where Arnold Schwarzenegger had to take the name Arnold Strong. So it, it's tough to say, really. It's it's kind of a wash for me on this one, but... Uh, um, my, my vote's for Hercules. Okay, I'll go with that, Cam. It, it is a reluctant point for me because I feel like I'm not giving The Square Root its fair due, having not seen it, but we gotta land somewhere, don't we? So Yeah. It, if this contest comes down to one point, uh, we're going to put an asterisk next to it. Okay, so let's move on. We give the advantage to Arnold coming out of the gate in 1969. We leap ahead to 1976. Um, Schwarzenegger really doesn't work at all in this, you know, in this period of time. Stallone is out there struggling, showing up in stuff like Death Race 2000, which is awesome. But ultimately, 1976 is the year where these guys really begin to kind of worm their way into Hollywood. Arnold shows up in the film with Jeff Bridges called Stay Hungry, which we have not reviewed for this podcast yet. Meanwhile, Stallone shows up in Rocky, a movie that he writes and stars in, goes on to win the Best Picture at that year's Oscars. He also has a cameo in a movie called Cannonball, which I've never seen. Yeah, the less said about Cannonball, the better. Sure. I, I've not seen it. I don't think it matters. Right. Uh, whether or not you've seen Stay Hungry, it doesn't really matter. This one's obvious, and it ties in particularly well to our boxing analogy here. Sure, yeah. Uh, in fact, we may be able to use that analogy mm, maybe seven or eight more times <laughs> in the course of this podcast. Uh, but this one, to me, it seems... Obvious and not obvious just because the the movie Rocky is great, uh, but this is Stallone, who's been a struggling actor, acting in a lot of these small roles, small films, finally hitting it big as uh, not only an actor but also as a as a writer. Totally, like this is pretty much a TKO. Regardless of how good Stay Hungry is, and I look forward to that episode soon. Um, it's not an enduring classic. It's not really remembered that much. 
Rocky is considered one of the all-time great movies. It's on the AFI list. It is a modern classic of cinema. Like, people still watch that movie in reverence. So, people, to me, it's not even a question. To this day, people who are named Adrian hate that movie. <laughs> it's true. I have a friend named Adrian. So, okay. Rocky's a big hit. Stallone, the world is his oyster. He's going on, starring in some ill-fated things like uh, Paradise Alley, which he writes and directs, and the like union drama Fist. But ultimately, these two meet up again in 1979, where Schwarzenegger comes back with <laughs> a movie called The Villain, which we've covered on this podcast, a wacky comedy with Kirk Douglas and Anne Margaret, as well as he has a small, small cameo in a wacky comedy, that was the year of wacky comedies for Schwarzenegger, called Scavenger Hunt. Meanwhile, Stallone, after the disappointments of Fist and Paradise Alley, comes back with Rocky II. Now, Tony, we've talked about the villain. We've seen Rocky II. Who wins the year of 1979? I think it's obvious here that, yeah, with the possible exception of the, the short jab of Hercules in 69, Schwarzenegger's a bit of a slow starter when it comes to uh, this matchup. Obviously, Rocky II is the winner here. The The villain is uh, not a very good movie at all. No, it's terrible. <laughs> we still, I still haven't seen Scavenger Hunt. We're going to review that on this podcast at a later date. But Rocky II is a fantastic movie. It's super fun. Yeah. Uh, we finally get to see Rocky actually win. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I really enjoy Rocky II. It's not as good as the first one, though. No, it's definitely no. a lesser Rocky um, at least, I guess I would probably put it maybe like third or fourth or something like that if I'm doing Rocky rankings. One thing that I think we should say while we're doing the first two Rocky movies is that these movies also had the effect of propelling Carl Weathers to a little bit of stardom. Yeah. Which helped a hell of a lot when we get to Predator. So because of that, for the Carl win, does that just make Stallone an automatic victor out of the gate with these Rocky movies? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's so much of the Carl Weathers factor as it is the fact that uh, the scavenger hunt is unknown and the villain, in addition to being unknown, is also borderline unwatchable. Okay, so 1979, we got back-to-back -back wins for Stallone. Obviously with Rocky movies, which are a pretty proven formula, but hey, if it works, run with it. So Stallone at this point, he does an action movie called Nighthawks, not a big hit. But it's actually totally worth checking out. Very underrated. He also does a soccer drama called Victory with Michael Caine. And ultimately, these guys meet up again in 1982. And this is a really tough year. And I look forward to this debate. Because Schwarzenegger puts out Conan the Barbarian, the John Milius classic. Meanwhile, Stallone puts out Rocky III and First Blood. The classic first introduction of John Rambo, his second most iconic character. Now, Tony, this is interesting because we have three iconic characters duking it out in 1982. Yeah, this is possibly the toughest round. I mean, this is the first round where these fighters are coming out, throwing them. Yeah. And, and it's hard. If this was a real boxing match, this would be one of those split rounds. In fact, it might be, even though there's, sure. there's two of us. Rocky Three is a good movie. You've got Mr. T in there as Clubber Lang. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Not as good as the first two, I don't think. I agree. Think. I agree. So, like, I think if you're comparing Conan to Rocky Three, Conan wins, right? That's right. I think so, obviously. Mm -hmm. But First Blood. First Blood is the question, because that is a fantastic film. 
First Blood is a fantastic film. It's it's really well acted. It's well shot. If you watch it, it it holds up really well today. And it's less of the Rambo that people kind of think of when they think of Rambo. I think when people think of Rambo, they think of the Rambo two, Rambo three sure. guy who you know can lay waste to uh, everything. To everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a story about a Vietnam vet who's kind of hassled in a small town and brings his PTSD and his personal war home with him. Yeah. This is challenging because Conan the Barbarian is also definitely one of my top five Schwarzenegger films. It might be your favorite, right? It's up there. It's in contention. Am I right? Yeah. Yes, you are right, Cam. So this is really tough because I'll tell you, in my mind, Rocky Three, which we've decided is not as good as Conan... Rocky Three is also like a massive, massive smash hit. So just in terms of box office, Stallone wins the year. But it's really tough because First Blood is such a fantastic drama and I think continues the thread of Stallone bringing really, really good dramatic acting abilities to kind of an action-oriented kind of franchise. But, God, Conan is so iconic. And this is where it's tough. And so I wonder, is it a split decision? I mean, Stallone definitely has two hits to, you know, Conan, to the one. But Conan's so good. Well, I'm going to pull the trigger on this, Cam. And I've got to admit, there is there is a little bit of bias. These are all good movies, especially First Blood and Conan the Barbarian. But i got to think as well, this is also the first time that we really see Schwarzenegger coming into a movie as a star right and and to go back to our boxing analogy this is a guy that maybe we've seen on the ropes for a couple rounds after a week first round and now he's coming back with a haymaker uh on one side and an atlantean broadsword on the other yeah and i'm gonna give this one with a little bit of hesitation to conan the barbarian okay well Eek! This is really tough for me because First Blood for me is a movie I've seen far more times than I've watched Conan. I think, I think I might have to argue that First Blood is the better movie than Conan. I think when it comes down to just the dramatic weight of that movie, what it means to the time period in which it's made, where you have these Vietnam vets being coming back to you know the America and facing this sort of treatment. Like, this movie feels like it's tapping to the zeitgeist. It is a few years after Vietnam, of course. But I just feel like First Blood is a really, really special movie in a lot of ways. So is Conan. But I think with Rocky III, I'm going to have to vote for Stallone this year. Just because you have such successful hits. Well, that's fair enough. I'm not surprised. And that's okay, by the way. We see it in boxing matches. The judges don't have to agree. Sure. Uh, We'll call this round a split decision, and we'll tally it up as a tie uh, when we do our final count. That's right. Okay, so then Stallone goes off and directs the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive, which is a massive disaster. (laughs) And he has a really funny cameo wearing, like, a man fur. But he comes back in 1984, and this is an interesting year because Schwarzenegger is putting out the sequel to Conan, Conan the Destroyer, as well as a little movie called The Terminator. And Stallone, what does he put out? He puts out a comedy with Dolly Parton called Rhinestone. Which isn't as bad as it sounds. Oh, it's pretty terrible. (laughs) It's not great. It's pretty terrible. It's a uh, country music uh, (laughs) good time for all. 
Yeah, it's it's not the best movie I've ever seen. Whereas the Terminator kind of uh, is. is <laughs> <laughs> this is such a landslide for Schwarzenegger. Like this is not even a question. Yeah, Conan the Destroyer, uh, not nearly as good a movie as Conan the Barbarian was, but which we've talked about on our previous Conan episodes. But I think this one-two punch of Conan plus the Terminator versus uh, Rhinestone yeah. does it for me. I would say even Conan the Destroyer, while not particularly well-loved by any stretch, is probably more remembered than Rhinestone. I don't think people really remember Rhinestone, except for bad movie fans. Uh, whereas, you know, Conan 2, definitely remembered. And The Terminator is an all-time classic. James Cameron also breaks through at this point. So, like, this is a landslide for Schwarzenegger. 1984 is the year. Schwarzenegger truly reigns supreme, uncontested, I agree. So, just a little bit of a recap here. We've now gone through five rounds, and we're sitting at two rounds to Stallone, two rounds to Schwarzenegger, and one split. That's right. So let's move in to 1985. I think this is where things start to really get interesting. Yeah, Schwarzenegger this year puts out two movies. Red Sonja, which finishes his work with Dino De Laurentiis, and the movie Commando, which is an action classic. Um, often quoted. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stallone puts out a couple sequels. Rambo, First Blood, Part 2, and Rocky IV. Now, Rocky IV is interesting in that it is not very good, but it is also hugely, hugely successful. It had the whole MTV vibe. It, I think, probably spawned several music videos. This movie rode a wave at that point to be just a huge sensation. So even though it's easy to dismiss, kind of ironically, now, this movie was huge. I'm not going to agree with you there. I think Rocky IV is a great movie. It's definitely... Oh, come on. It definitely takes the series in a in a little bit of a different direction than it had before. But watching uh, Dolph Lundgren and Stallone in competing training montages, sure. th this has possibly the greatest training montages of any sports movie I've ever seen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I will give you the montage factor. And I mean... First Blood Part 2, as you referenced off the top of the podcast, this movie was hugely, uh, you know, a big deal for me as a kid. The action in it is fantastic. Is it a little cornball? Definitely. It probably perverts the idea of Rambo a lot coming off of First Blood, but this movie is just an action sensation. Well, it's interesting, actually, that we've got uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2 versus Commando, because yeah. in, in my mind... For these actors, these were the, probably the movies that, in their careers, that were the most gratuitous, gun-porny, uh, yeah. close-ups of knives being strapped on and bandoliers of ammunition being strapped on. And these movies, in a lot of ways, set the tone for action movies of the 80s. Totally. Yeah, I mean, Red Sonja, it's pretty weak. I think we can acknowledge that, right? It's yeah. fine, but it's not very good. Yeah, Red is not a great movie. Yeah, yeah, like we covered that one on the podcast we have not covered commando and commando is a total blast like i agree with you like uh you know rambo 2 it's definitely bringing it in terms of the pyrotechnics in terms of the spritz down muscles in every scene in terms of the carrying entire logs on your shoulders yes. they're not really a good reason yeah and at this point we're really seeing stallone start to look really pumped as well obviously i think competing with schwarzenegger a little bit it definitely feels like it and uh this is a tough year but I don't know about you, but I think I have to give the edge to Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Rocky 4, having that one-two punch. 
Because Rocky IV is a massive, massive hit. It's definitely fun to watch. And again, I do love the soundtrack. And Rambo First Blood Part 2 is insanely fun. And I love Commando. Like, Commando's a fun movie. But I'm looking at Stallone's 2 to Schwarzenegger's 1. And I think we have to acknowledge, like, Commando, while a blast, is not on the par of, say, like a Terminator you know, maybe even Conan, where it's kind of like movies that are very difficult to argue against. I don't think so. I okay. could I could argue for Commando all day long. It's one of my all-time favorite Schwarzenegger movies. I've been looking forward to doing it on this podcast. Me too. Forever. Yeah. I think to date, uh, Commando still has one of the highest kill counts on screen on a film of all time. Except for Hot Shots Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's certainly ones that have more. Yeah. But I do hear what you're saying, and if Commando was up against any other movie, uh, especially when you've got the, you know, the left jab of Red Sonia versus uh, the Rocky IV, I'm going to agree with you on this one, Cam. And this is a Stallone year. Okay, so let's move into 1986, right the next year, where Schwarzenegger puts out Raw Deal, the mob action thriller we covered on this podcast, and Stallone puts out Cobra. Which, you know, <laughs> crime is the disease, he is the cure. I don't think either of these are considered good movies. Well, it depends what you look for in a movie. I That's true. I consider them both to be uh, pretty fun. Cobra is a cult classic, no doubt about it. But Cobra is not a well-reviewed, fondly remembered movie when you kind of look at the broader picture. Cobra is total crap. Yes. It is, uh, it is an 80s cop movie at its machoist stupidest best yes exactly i mean it has a huge face-off <laughs> with like an axe-wielding dude in like a spark and fire factory at the end like that is the type of movie it is and it's a blast incidentally i think that the villain in cobra was the inspiration for uh one of the antagonists in last action hero oh okay interesting interesting so i think when i look at this year this is an easy decision for me cobra is more fun than raw deal that's really what it comes down to. We talked about Raw Deal, and I feel like we spent a lot of it pointing out how absurd a lot of the movie was, and not necessarily in all funny terms. Some of it just kind of like scratching our heads as to what this movie was even doing. Whereas like Cobra, I've gone to see this thing with like comedians heckling the movie, and it was a blast. I've also just watched it at home, and it's a blast. I think Cobra's the more fun movie. Any movie with a police officer who has a uh, hot rod as his police car yeah. is a is a good movie. In and my books. And, you know, his name's Marion. You can't beat that. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I think we got to give this one to Stallone. We'll chalk 86 up to Stallone then. Okay, so let's move into 1987. In this year, Schwarzenegger puts out Predator and The Running Man, two of his most iconic leading man movies. Meanwhile, Stallone puts out the arm wrestling drama Over the Top. Well, I think this one's pretty obvious for me. <laughs> this uh, one's a slaughter. Not only are The Running Man and Predator more fun than Over the Top, I actually think that Predator is a better arm wrestling movie. That's an excellent point. Yeah, like, Over the Top, there's a better version of it, and it's called Real Steel. <laughs> I think that version is better. Over the Top really only produced a couple things that I like, and that's a really corny theme song that I have on my iPod. And... Uh, also, action figures that are really hilarious. Just Google them. They're really expensive, but they put out like a plastic toy table for the characters to arm wrestle at. 
<laughs> I, I would actually rather watch 90 minutes of Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger just arm wrestling in midair yeah. than, oh, I yeah. than I would want to watch over the top again. Yeah, we've talked about both Predator and The Running Man. These are massive Schwarzenegger movies. Hugely quotable, like many of Schwarzenegger's movies, I suppose, but especially so in this case. And, I mean, Predator is an action classic. John McTiernan is doing incredible work in this movie. He goes on to do Die Hard the next year. This is McTiernan on fire. You've got an amazing cast of supporting characters. A creature that is absolutely amazing. I love the Predator as a Stan Winston work of art. This movie is thrilling. It's exciting. It's funny. It has it all, really. And, I mean, Running Man is lesser than Predator. But it's one of the most fun Schwarzenegger movies, period. Yeah, I mean, even without Schwarzenegger, Richard Dawson alone in The Running Man oh, yeah. uh, makes it better than Over the Top. So uh, I think enough said about that. This one's an obvious year. Uh, Predator and The Running Man just demolishes Over the Top. In fact, if this were a boxing match, I think this would be saved by the bell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's go to 1988 the next year, where Schwarzenegger puts out Two movies. He puts out the James Belushi team-up movie, Red Heat, the cop thriller, as well as the Danny DeVito comedy, Twins, which is a massive hit for him. Meanwhile, Stallone only puts out one movie, Rambo 3, which is obviously massive on action, but a box office dud, which was a bit of a surprise at the time. I had the poster on my wall, as I recall, as a kid. Um, <laughs> but... Um, this is your, your parents must have been very proud. <laughs> this is an interesting choice because, Tony, where are you sitting right now? Well, from a box office perspective and, to be honest, from a how people remember the movie perspective, I think that this would go to uh, Red Heat. Well, maybe not so much Red Heat, but this would go to Schwarzenegger because of Twins. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I would probably rather watch Rambo 3 than uh, Twins or Red Heat, but... Ultimately, Twins really does make Schwarzenegger a household name in a way that maybe something like Predator doesn't, which skews more adult, you know, it's R-rated, whereas Twins grabs the world. Schwarzenegger said it's the most profitable movie he's ever made for himself personally. I don't think you let me finish, Cam. I I, I think you're, you're talking like I'm agreeing with you. Oh. I'm not going to land on Twins because we've watched Twins recently. And I think that's the benefit of being in this judge's chair here. Oh, are you going to surprise me here? Uh, I'm going with Rambo 3. Twins is not a very good movie. It's one of those movies. We talked about it on our podcast episode. It's not a lot of fun. Sure. It's not particularly well written. It's not really all that well acted. It's, it's not a, a good movie. I know people remember it fondly. And if this was the court of public opinion, Twins would obviously win. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna stick to my literal guns, and I'm gonna go with Rambo three, which I actually really enjoy. I think it's a fantastic film from a stupid action perspective. Oh, you're putting me in an awkward position here, because I thought it was kind of obvious, just in terms of who won the year, that Schwarzenegger's the victor of that year of 1988. He's walking out head and shoulders above Stallone career-wise. I would still side with Rambo three in terms of what I'm gonna watch, but I think. You have to give it to him. I don't have to do anything. That's you don't why, have to do anything. That's why You're we right. got two judges here. I think we're going to have a split decision. And honestly, I'm kicking Red Heat to the side because that movie isn't a big box office hit by any stretch. I don't think it's particularly popular with anyone even now. I kind of enjoyed rewatching it, but... Yeah. It's, kind of, it's a kind of a forgotten Schwarzenegger yeah, film. It's even a minor Walter Hill film. Yeah. So, like, I think 
Twins, even though it's a movie I don't really think is that great, I think maybe it was viewed very differently in 1988. And I think if you look at that year, I think Schwarzenegger wins. So are we calling a split decision on this one? I think we're calling a split decision. I just I just can't vote Twins over Rambo. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so Schwarzenegger sits out in 1989. Stallone does not. He's actually pretty busy. He puts out the prison action movie Lock Up, which is pretty bad, actually. As well as Tango and Cash, <laughs> which is pretty bad, actually, but really fun. <laughs> Tango and Cash is pretty... It's kind of like Cobra. Yeah, that's uh, Kurt Russell and Stallone uh, as a, a bit of an odd couple cop movie. Sure. But let's jump to 1990. I think this one's a bit of a slaughter as well, but we'll see. Schwarzenegger puts out another two movies. He puts out Total Recall, the Paul Verhoeven sci-fi classic, as well as Kindergarten Cop, where he reteams with Ivan Reitman. And actually, we just reviewed Kindergarten Cop last time, and we enjoyed it. So it's a comedy that's held up well. And so then, I think this is pretty <laughs> heavily slanted towards Arnold, but Stallone does have a heavy hitter, because he's going back to Sequel Town, baby, with Rocky V, everybody's favorite Rocky. <laughs> yeah, Rocky V is definitely the least remembered and least liked Rocky in the series. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the weakest by far. And and how can you compete? I mean, Total Recall is not only a Schwarzenegger classic, it is a sci-fi classic, it's an action classic. And, and Kindergarten Cop, unlike Twins, is actually pretty funny still. Yeah, I'd agree. Kindergarten Cop has held up much better. Um, it's not a like great movie, but it's a fun movie. And I mean, Total Recall, we haven't covered it yet on the podcast, but it's a pretty incredible movie. Paul Verhoeven working at the height of his powers with a big budget with a great leading man. That alone is enough to snap Rocky V over its knee, and a la Batman over Bane's knee. And Sharon Stone as the icing on the cake, just, just in case you needed a kicker. That's right. So, sorry, TKO, Rocky V, Total Recall, and Kindergarten Cop win this match of 1990. So the recap here, Cam, after 10 rounds of hard-fought combat, Stallone at 4 rounds, Schwarzenegger at four rounds and two rounds that were split decisions so we're not going to count those okay so let's go to 1991 this is the year that planet hollywood is formed so these two are teaming up but at the box office this is the most lopsided competition perhaps yet where schwarzenegger puts out terminator 2 judgment day never heard of it and sylvester stallone counters with oscar oh what a fantastic movie oscar was (laughs) the door slamming farce that is oscar have you seen oscar I did ages ago. It is it's one of those movies that once you watch it, you never rewatch it. Didn't he play like Snaps Provolone? Was that his character's name? All I know is that it had Stallone on the cover. I think he smoked a cigar at some point and somebody was named Oscar. <laughs> uh a friend at work, that was actually one of her favorite movies, so she lent it to me and made me watch it. And uh I had to kind of go like, "Yeah, yeah, that was really good." <laughs> Kind of fake it, you know. Um, <laughs> I think I think Oscar was also a total... It was a box office disaster. It was. Whereas Terminator 2, James Cameron's sequel to his 1984 classic, is Arnold's biggest hit of all time. Do we even need to dwell on this one? I don't think so. This one's so obvious that uh, I'm just going to put a mark on Schwarzenegger's side of the page. And... Yeah, we're just going to slam the door on Oscar. <laughs> okay. So 1992, Schwarzenegger takes the year off. He's earned it. Meanwhile, Stallone makes Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. That Oscar 
stop or my mom will shoot one two combo that really kickstarts a lot of careers sure and ends a couple and uh yeah the less said about that movie the better but 1993 we get another matchup this year schwarzenegger is coming back with a massive film he's putting out to compete against jurassic park that movie is last action hero which i think was directed by a couple people including john mctiernan who's fantastic he also has cameos this year in the Kevin Klein movie Dave, which is like a surprise hit, a sleeper hit, he also appears in the curiosity film Beretta's Island, which we're going to cover one day down the road. Meanwhile, Stallone puts out two formidable movies, Cliffhanger and Demolition Man. It's hard to believe both of those movies got made in the same year. I know. Just when you think Stallone might be kind of trailing off, you know, he's run out of Rocky movies, he's putting out bad comedies, Cliffhanger is incredible in the you know pantheon of die hard on a blank ripoff movies cliffhanger is maybe the best it's well probably speeds the best but cliffhangers up there yeah absolutely like i said at the at the beginning of this episode uh cliffhanger i i've probably seen that more than i've seen any other stallone movie and it's an interesting time for these two actors i kind of want to keep calling them fighters sure uh where we really see them move out of the excesses of the 80s and into the 90s the excesses of the 90s <laughs> yeah into the excesses of the 90s still excessive but a different kind of excess <laughs> right demolition man as well with wesley snipes is kind of a bizarre and sandra bullock of course is, sandy b yeah it's kind of a bizarre film but as far as sci-fi action movies go it's it's a lot of fun and it has somehow stuck around it's a movie that people often reference like the, the uh, three seashells for example and uh some of the like dennis leary riffing in that movie is fun possibly one of the best final villain death scenes of all time it's incredible and just the matchup of stallone versus wesley snipes is fantastic meanwhile schwarzenegger puts out last action hero a movie that we haven't revisited yet. I saw it in theaters myself, and I did not enjoy sitting through it at the time. Meanwhile, it comes out the same summer as Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park eats its lunch, and then some. Last Action Hero is considered Arnie's like biggest bomb of all time at this point in his career. It, it's a movie that I think is... It's not a great movie, but I think is kind of unfairly maligned. Sure. But it's definitely a bomb for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Big time. And a notorious one. And it's still regarded as a bomb. Like, people do not remember that movie fondly. Yeah, and I mean, Dave is a fun movie, but I don't think people remember Schwarzenegger's cameo in it. I don't think he can even count Dave or Beretta's Island as really <laughs> moving the scales at all on this. This one's obvious to me. Yeah, Cliffhanger and Demolition Man. Cliffhanger is the better film, I think, between the two Stallone ones, because I just love it so much. But they're both really sensational Stallone vehicles. And so, yes, I think we have to give 1993 to Stallone. He has the win by a pretty big stretch this year. All right, what's up next? Okay, so now we come back in 1994, the next year. Schwarzenegger, he's a little bit on the ropes. Last Action Hero was a little embarrassing for him. Yeah, what's he going to come back with? He comes back with the James Cameron film True Lies, as well as the Ivan Reitman reteaming Junior with Danny DeVito as well. And Stallone... He's high off a cliffhanger and Demolition Man. He comes back with the Sharon Stone team-up film, The Specialist. Which, you know, <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, The Specialist. It's been a long time since I've seen The Specialist. I probably should have rewatched it before we did this episode here. But my recollection of it is that 
It's a movie, and it's not particularly horrible or particularly good. Yeah. It's just the kind of thing that was destined to play on cable TV for five or six years after it was released and then be forgotten entirely. Do you remember what they marketed the most about that movie? Wasn't it Stallone's face? No, it was the uh, shower scene he had with Sharon Stone. Oh, that's right. They hyped that shower scene like nobody's business. And Sharon Stone at this point is only uh, a couple years removed from Basic Instinct. So they're still trying to market her as kind of the sex symbol to try and draw audiences in. It did not work. Uh, The specialist is a real dud. Meanwhile, Schwarzenegger, look, Junior is not a big hit. Junior is kind of an underperformer and... I don't know that it's held up. I don't think that really matters, though, does it? Does it does not, because True Lies is a runaway smash, and it's one of the most fun Schwarzenegger movies. Just a great James Bond spoof slash homage. James Cameron doing top-tier action work. Jamie Lee Curtis giving just fantastic supporting work. And, I mean, Tom Arnold is even great in True Lies. When Tom Arnold is beating a Stallone vehicle handily himself... That kind of tells you it's Schwarzenegger's year. Not to mention Scott Pill Paxton, possibly one of his funniest roles of all time. Very true. Very true. Meanwhile, The Specialist, it's pathetic. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't call it pathetic. I was quoting Bill Paxton there. Ah, I see. (laughs) Very good. I missed that. (laughs) But True Lies gets the win. So 1994, Schwarzenegger's year. Oh, yeah. Okay. So 1995, uh, well, that's an interesting year for Stallone. Schwarzenegger sitting it out, but Stallone... (laughs) <laughs> stars in Judge Dredd, the sci-fi uh, actioner that is a massive disaster. Yeah, it, I mean, people still hate that movie to this day. Yeah. I don't hate it as much as some people. Yeah, I didn't hate it when I watched it, but maybe if I rewatched it now, I would think it was terrible. Uh, especially if you rewatch it next to the, what was it, 2015 Dread? Sure, the Carl Urban film. The 2015, yeah, yeah. 2014? Sure, something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and Stallone also in 1995 puts out the Antonio Banderas team-up movie, Assassins. Which I think is actually one of the reasons why people claim to hate the specialists so much is because they're thinking of Assassins. Okay. I saw Assassins in theaters. That was a Richard Donner film. I was pretty young still. I was 14. I think I was entertained by it. Um, but it's not a top-tier Stallone movie in any way, shape, or form. No, it's pretty weak film. It's like a basic programmer. You know, you can watch it and go, okay, uh, Banderas is fun in it, but that's about it. So then in 1996, Schwarzenegger comes back. He's still high off of True Lies. He puts out Eraser and Jingle All the Way, the action movie comedy pair-up, kind of like 1994 with True Lies and Junior. Meanwhile, Stallone puts out Daylight, the disaster movie where they're trapped in a tunnel. I actually reviewed this movie for my high school paper. (laughs) (laughs) How did you review it? I enjoyed Daylight. Like, I was a big fan of those 70s disaster movies. Like, uh, I don't think I'd seen Airport at that point, but I'd seen Earthquake, Towering Inferno, Poseidon Adventure. And, I mean, uh, Daylight is a throwback to those, and I did enjoy it. Yeah, and plus it's got a pre-Lord of the Rings. Viggo Mortensen is kind of a, I think he's a corporate CEO slash competitive climber type guy. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. He, it's a really wacky performance. I think Daylight might be something that at least has a little bit of replay value. Like, I think that's a movie that probably is one of the better disaster movies of that time period. It's not a great film, but no. it, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's like mid-budget. You know, it's not competing with like an Independence Day, but it's fun. In fact, I would probably put it uh, at about the same level as Eraser in terms yeah. of action fare. This is tough. 
Jingle All The Way, <laughs> I'm willing to just shuffle aside. I'm not a big I, Jingle All The Way guy. I'm not willing to shuffle Jingle All The Way aside. Oh, interesting. I think I'm going to... Uh, jingle All The Way might actually tip the scales the wrong way for Arnold in this round because <laughs> I hate Jingle All The Way. I think it's a horrible, horrible film. Possibly one of Schwarzenegger's worst. It's borderline unwatchable. Interesting. Uh, and I think that Daylight and Eraser are, are comparable, but Jingle All The Way, is it's like the slip and fall. And so for me, with, with uh, a nod to Sinbad for making this happen, possibly... Uh, I'm going to go with Stallone and Daylight for my 1996 decision. That is interesting. I am going to go with Eraser. Eraser is a movie that I feel like has held up a little better. I think the action is fantastic. There's a lot of fun stuff in that with like Robert Pastorelli. So I think we may have a split decision here. Well, well one sec. Before you give your final yeah. answer, yeah. answer me this question. Okay. If you were just sitting at home at night and you were going to watch some TV... Yep. What would you rather watch? Daylight or Eraser and Jingle All the Way? <laughs> oh, that's not fair. <laughs> well, it depends. Can I watch them really late at night and watch Eraser first and then fall asleep during Jingle All the Way? <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to side for this decision. I'm going to go with Eraser. I don't think either Daylight or Eraser are the star's best films, but I think Eraser is the more fun movie. And... You know, as far as mid-tier Schwarzenegger, I'm going to give it the edge. So uh, I, I, I think it holds up better than maybe uh, Daylight does as mid-tier Stallone. Okay, so do we have a split on that? Is that yeah. your final decision? Fair enough, yep. Okay, I'm willing to ignore Jingle all the way, I suppose. Okay, so let's go to 1997. This isn't really a good year for anyone, but it's also not a... I don't know. I don't, it's kind well, of I don't know. Here. I don't know about that, Cam. Yeah, well, this, okay. It's, in some ways, this is uh, this is a big comeback for... Okay, well, let's get to it. Schwarzenegger, in 1997, puts out Batman and Robin, playing Mr. Freeze, one of his most notorious performances. Meanwhile, Stallone shows up in James Mangold's Copland in a dramatic role. He gains a lot of weight. He plays a hearing-impaired cop who's kind of caught in a conspiracy. Uh, Really interesting indie drama. He also appears... In the notorious Joe Esterhaas comedy, an Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn, which was supposed to be like a satire on Hollywood. Total disaster. I've not seen it. I hear it's horrible. Yeah. He also appears in something called The Good Life. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I've not seen that either. So we're really just, I guess, at the end of the day, comparing Copland and Batman and Robin. I mean, the thing about Copland is Stallone gives a fantastic performance. And I think what's interesting, though, is that Copland is not a box office hit. And it doesn't really get him the respect I think he desperately wanted at this point in time. It's a bit of a critical hit, though. It's a bit of a critical hit, but there's no awards nominations for him really at the end of the year. You know, there's no Oscar nomination or anything like that. But people were talking about it, and people... And I'll be honest, I haven't seen Copland since it was released in 1997. Same. But I still remember uh, that movie. And you I still can... remember Batman and Robin. But that's because we reviewed it for our podcast not too long ago. But... Copland is a really well acted and in some places really beautifully shot film. Yeah. And the premise of this kind of ho hum police officer who's the cop in a town of cops yeah. is a really interesting premise that we hadn't seen before. No, I agree. Copland is an easy win. Batman and Robin is notoriously terrible. Yeah, and, and Batman and Robin, I know that uh, uh, when we reviewed Batman and Robin uh, on our podcast, 
you were a little bit more favorable towards it. Batman and Robin, in my mind, is still just uh, as much as I can appreciate what they were going for in it. It's it's still a horrible film. It's horrible. So Copland wins 1997. Decision Stallone. Okay, well, I've been doing a recap every every five, yeah, every five rounds here. So our 15 round recap in this boxing match for the ages and i don't want to sound too much like a broken record here but we're still tied what yeah we're at uh six for stallone six for schwarzenegger and we've got three split rounds okay well let's move into the 2000s because these guys are pretty quiet for the rest of the 90s stallone does show up in uh, 1998 voicing a supporting character in the movie Ants, which was a funny DreamWorks comedy, like an animated film. It was, it was enjoyable. I think it, I preferred it to A Bug's Life, the competing animated bug movie of that year. Yeah, I remember that was kind of a weird year for animated insect films. Wasn't 1998 also the year that Armageddon came out against Deep Impact? It was like the year of competing vehicles. That's right. Yeah. And don't forget that Schwarzenegger did finish off the 90s with 1999's End of Days. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And... Not a big hit for him either. So he's also kind of in an awkward place, kind of like Stallone. I think it's interesting that these two guys, even though they're always competing, their careers are often at the same places. It's funny, going through this head-to-head list, you kind of see what kinds of movies these guys were doing in the 80s, then the 90s, and their careers are taking a little bit of a different trajectory going into the 2000s, aren't they? Yeah, so let's get to the year 2000. This is the year that Schwarzenegger puts out The Sixth Day. Uh, film we discussed, of course, on this podcast. Listen to that episode. The sci-fi thriller from, I think it was Roger Spottiswood directed it. And Stallone puts out a remake of Get Carter, which was, I mean, it, it existed. <laughs> um, Get Carter, I think it was a critical disaster. And financially. I, I, I've never actually seen Get Carter. Uh, sorry. Sure. But I have seen The Sixth Day. Yeah. And, and based on The Sixth Day, I can't imagine that Get Carter is better. I'm not a big fan of The Sixth Day. I really had a lot of issues with that movie when yeah, we discussed there, it. Yeah, there are. But I've also seen Get Carter, and like that movie is a vapor. I don't remember almost anything that happened in that movie. I remember the cover. Yeah, the cover is very memorable. I think Mickey Rourke might be in it. It was really generic. And in a way, both these guys are putting out generic versions of their star vehicles this year. Because Six Day is a little bit generic Arnold. It's kind of a total recall yeah. remake almost. Yeah, and Get Carter's kind of generic Stallone tough guy stuff. But I think if I have to choose between the two, I'm giving the edge to the Six Day. Yeah, and again, uh, uh, throw the caveat out there. I haven't seen Get Carter. I know I was a little bit hesitant about rating films that I hadn't seen going back to 1969 with the square root. Right. But... <laughs> I'm comfortable enough here, given this one to the sixth day. Fair enough. I think you made the right choice. Okay, so in 2001, Schwarzenegger, again, he's not really doing much, but Stallone appears in the movie Driven, uh, the race car drama, which at the time, I remember, he really thought was going to be his comeback vehicle, because I believe he wrote the script for it, and it was not very good. I actually went to go see Driven at a drive-in. Oh, interesting. Which was kind of fun, but it was, I don't remember it being a very good movie. Nah, it's its whatever. It's disposable, but it's watchable. Uh, so in 2002, they go head-to-head again, sort of. Schwarzenegger, he's still trying to recover, and he comes back with Collateral Damage, the terrorism-themed action movie that they marketed as anything but terrorism-themed. Meanwhile, Stallone appears in a movie that had been kicked around for a little bit. I think it was on the shelf for a while. 
It was shot under the name Detox, and then it was released as I See You. It only opened in a small number of theaters. It was mostly straight-to-video. As well, Stallone also appears in the straight-to-video movie Avenging Angelo. Um, this is not a good year for either of these guys. Tony, where do you come down? Yeah, I've actually seen both of these movies. Uh, I'm probably one of the only people in the world who's actually seen I See You, also known as Detox. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's not great. It's what you would imagine a kind of late-career straight-to-video Stallone would look like. It's what like a lot of these action stars were releasing around that time. Like If you look at what Van Damme or say Seagal were cranking out on home release, it was this kind of stuff. Pretty disposable. Uh, but that being said, Collateral Damage, I mean, it's not a very good movie either. No, we really didn't enjoy watching that one for the podcast. No. It's one, it's one of the few that we really just didn't even enjoy sitting through that much. Yeah, but that being said, and this is one, what I'll chalk it up to, you know, to pull the horse out of the ditch and sure. hit him a few more times despite his obvious necrosis is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, you know, these boxers are weak. They're up, they're up against the ropes. They're, yeah. cu they're cut. They're bleeding. They're swinging haymakers that aren't connecting. And I'm going to give this one to collateral damage and hopefully these guys can sit down get some water, yeah. and maybe come back in for another round. Did you ever watch Avenging Angelo? No, I, I didn't. I never saw Avenging Angelo. Yeah, I didn't see the Stallone films of this year, but you know what? To me, Schwarzenegger's the winner. His movie opened in wide release in theaters, whereas the Stallone ones were kind of straight-to-video junk. And so this one is a pretty easy decision for me, even though I don't like collateral damage. Not to say that a lot of stuff that gets released in theaters isn't junk. That's fair enough. But I'm giving the edge to Schwarzenegger for 2002, even though I don't think Schwarzenegger looks back on 2002 as one of his great years. So let's jump one year ahead to 2003. Schwarzenegger does a little bit of damage control. He appears in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, which is a big hit. And Stallone also tries entering a threequel, joining the Spy Kids franchise for Spy Kids 3D Game Over. He also appears in a straight-to-video movie called Shade that I have never heard about. I had actually never heard of it either until we did a little bit of research for this podcast. Uh, I have seen Spy Kids 3D. You can really see why Stallone at this point was jumping into that. I think Robert Rodriguez was doing those films. Yeah. Uh, why he would jump into that. Because the first two were massively successful. And maybe also there's a, there's a little bit of, well, Kindergarten Cop was a big hit for Arnold. Maybe if I do like a kid's movie, that could help. Who knows? And uh, it doesn't really. Because Spy Kids 3D, I don't think, was a very big hit at all. I think the Spy Kids movies were a case of diminishing returns. Where, like, the first one's kind of fun. The second one's a little less fun. And by the time you get to the third and fourth, people are just not really having it anymore yeah they kind of checked out terminator 3 we have our issues with it but i mean terminator 3 is still a super enjoyable action film i really like arnold in it he's fun yeah to this day i mean terminator 3 definitely has its issues but to this day some of the large vehicle chases for example on terminator 3 and some of the action set pieces are some of the best, I think, that have ever been put on film, really. Terminator 3 is the easy pick here for me. Totally. Shade, I just don't know. I've never even heard of that. So who knows? Maybe it's like a masterpiece <laughs> and Stallone <laughs> should have won this year. But let's skip ahead. Now, this is the point where Arnold is going into office. So he's obviously not appearing in movies, but Stallone is still plugging along. In 2006, he finally has his comeback with Rocky Balboa, a movie that I don't think anyone thought was a good idea. 
but turns out to be one of the better Rocky movies. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, this is the point where I feel like we should almost be putting Stallone's movie career up against Schwarzenegger's political career. Yeah. Because Stallone really pulls himself out of these straight-to-video releases and starts going back to his roots and releasing some actually fairly decent films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoy, as I said, Rocky Balboa, but also in 2008 he puts out Rambo, the fourth Rambo film, which is insane. It is one of the most insane action movies I've ever seen in my life. It's something else. It's a milestone. It's pretty visceral. Yeah, it's great. I'm really crossing my fingers that this fifth uh, Rambo movie measures up to it. It actually reminds me, when, when Rambo was released in 2008, you and I, Cam, we actually went to... Uh, a, mar- a Rambo marathon before the midnight screening of Rambo where we watched all four Rambo movies in a row. Yeah. I've never come out of a theater more desensitized than that. <laughs> I was numb. I couldn't feel anything for days. <laughs> but I loved every second of it. The crowd cheered. Every name in the credits. Um, every time Troutman said some sort of you know hype-up speech about Rambo. Every time there was a kill... It may be the greatest movie-going experience of my life, second only to seeing The Dark Knight at IMAX. I think that's it's those two. Yeah, so if 2006 and 2008, if Schwarzenegger had released some, some films around this time, he would have been up against some tough competition. But fortunately for him, for the purposes of this contest, he was in politics. That's right. And Stallone also in 2009 appears as himself in something called Incredible Love. I don't even know what that is. Um, but in 2010, the two of them both are working... In one movie called Expendables, this one's a draw because they're both in the same movie. We both enjoyed it. Schwarzenegger's a cameo, so it almost doesn't really even count. He's not on the poster, so I don't know. Yeah, this is clearly a draw because it's also the only movie either one of them released this year. Sure. So, I mean, if anything, that's probably the easiest decision we've had to make. For sure. So, uh, moving forward, 2011... Um, (laughs) Stallone voices Joe the Lion in something called Zookeeper. (laughs) Let's skip ahead to 2012, though, because, again, they uh, are both working together in Expendables 2, but Stallone also puts out the movie Bullet to the Head, the actioner which co-stars Jason Momoa, as I recall. Um, Not one of my favorites. I think Walter Hill directed it? I don't know. Is this a competition, Tony? We have to decide right now on the spot. Schwarzenegger is only appearing in Expendables 2. That does cancel out Expendables 2 because Stallone's in it. Are we saying bullet to the head counts for anything? Or are we just counting this one as a draw and moving forward? For me, let's put it this way. If it had been Rocky Balboa or Rambo that maybe had been released in this year, I might be inclined to give a point to Stallone. Releasing something like bullet to the head, which like you said, is kind of serviceable. If anything, it's leaning more towards the bad movie than good movie. Yeah. I don't want to hold it against him either because Schwarzenegger's here. He's in Expendables 2. Whether we're counting it or we're not counting it, I'm kind of leaning towards giving it a draw. Okay, I think that's fair. I remember going to see Bullet to the Head and I went and saw it in theaters by myself, as I recall. That's... I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) True confessions. We're we're an hour into the podcast and it's time to start confessing things. Um, Yeah, like, I just remember going to see it. You should have just called, man, if you were feeling down. (laughs) I know. What was up with that? But I just went and saw it and I remember being kind of excited just to see a Stallone movie on the big screen and I was bored through it. So let's just dismiss this here and move on. So, Cam, after 20 rounds... Okay. Schwarzenegger has actually pulled a little bit into the lead. Ooh, interesting. Schwarzenegger has nine points. 
Stallone has six, and we now have a total of five rounds that were either a draw or a no contest. Interesting. Well, let's jump to 2013. 2013, they both team up again for Escape Plan, so that movie cancels itself out, of course. But we do have a head-to-head match. Schwarzenegger puts out The Last Stand, a movie that's a little bit of a comeback project, trying to reposition him as, you know, an older, wiser, more beaten-down action hero, maybe a little more relatable. And Stallone puts out the boxing comedy with Robert De Niro, Grudge Match. Now, it's tough because... Uh, I don't have particularly incredible memories of the, either of these movies. No, me neither, but I do remember The Last Stand more than I remember Grudge Match. That is a fair point, so do I. It's, I guess, okay. Like, I'm looking forward to revisiting that one as well for the podcast, but eh, this is, n- this is again, two actors who are not putting out their best work, and audiences are not turning up for either of these movies. No, they're not. And so, I think... You know, I will give The Last Stand the edge, but it's not like an edge I really feel that great about. No, which it is kind of ironic given that I believe Stallone played Razor Sharp in Grudge Match. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a silly uh, character name. No kidding. (laughs) Escape Plan was kind of fun, though. Yeah, Escape Plan was good. 2013 wasn't really a bad year for either one of them. Yes, but 2014, let's jump ahead, which was a bad year for both of them. Yeah. (laughs) So they do appear in Expendables 3, which of course cancels itself out from the competition, but once again we have a head-to-head matchup. Schwarzenegger appears in one of his lowest-grossing movies of all time, the David Ayer film Sabotage. Yikes. And Stallone appears in... A drama that is dumped to video called Reach Me. It's an inspirational film that inspires no one. <laughs> Talk about being on the ropes here, guys. Yeah. Uh, we reviewed Sabotage, and it is a hard film to watch. Yeah, like, I think we kind of found it watchable because of how weird it was. I remember it was one of the ones I was looking forward to revisiting the least by pretty considerable margin. But it's not a good Schwarzenegger film. It's more like a middling David Ayer film. I wouldn't even call it middling. It's And, and more than that, it's not fun to watch. It's not a yeah. movie that I want to watch again ever. It's mean-spirited. Really mean-spirited. But is it better than Stallone's straight-to-video inspirational drama? Well, unfortunately, I didn't see Reach Me. Yeah, no one did. Oh, that's a tough one because I think you just have to give it to Sabotage. And I'll tell you know what I can I can make peace with deciding on Sabotage for one reason, and that is Schwarzenegger is working with a director who has a certain amount of pedigree. He made a bad movie, but it is a director who is an established name who has made good movies. Whereas like Stallone with Reach Me, it's He's not working with a great here, or even a proficient studio guy. I guess so. And Sabotage, I mean, it was well shot, and it was well acted. Sure. It just... Sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know it's not fair, but I'll I'll go with you on this one. I'll, I'll give the point to Sabotage. It's not a point that Arnie should ever be proud of, though. So let's jump one year ahead to 2015... Another interesting year. We have Schwarzenegger definitely struggling again and acknowledging it. He has two projects, I think, very much intended as potential comeback films. He puts out the uh, independent drama Maggie, the zombie film. 
with Abigail Breslin. He also comes back again as the T-800 in Terminator Genesis, which, you know, every time Arnold's on the ropes, he runs back to the Terminator franchise. This one's a box office bomb, so he definitely does not succeed. And the first of a planned trilogy is not the first of a planned trilogy. It's kind of amazing how much better Stallone seems to do with these sequels than, than Schwarzenegger does. Funny you say that, because this same year, Stallone comes back with Creed, starring Michael B. Jordan as the title character. And this movie is a critical smash. It's a box office hit. Stallone gets a Best Supporting Actor Oscar nomination. Was probably second to win. He, he loses to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, another great performance. I believe Stallone does win the Golden Globe, though. And Schwarzenegger, again, box office bombs. Maggie's his lowest grossing film. Well, Mag Maggie didn't really have a high release, though. Maggie was only released in about 80 theaters. But if that movie had been performing well in that handful of theaters, it would have grown. It was a platform that, release. That's true. I'm, I'm not arguing for Schwarzenegger in this year by any means. The The open secret on Arnie Geddon is I still haven't seen Terminator Genesis. I can't wait to see it and review it on this podcast because I have heard nothing but bad things about it. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a no-brainer here. I liked Creed a lot. I didn't love it the way some people loved it. But it's a pretty good movie mm -hmm. going right back to the Rocky roots. And this year, I think, obviously goes to Stallone. I really loved Creed. Creed is, to me, like, top-tier Rocky franchise. It's in the top three. So, to me, this isn't really a question. I really didn't like Terminator Genesis. Maggie was okay, though. I, I enjoyed what Schwarzenegger was doing with Maggie. But it, it was definitely not a success story for, yeah, for him. 100%, yeah. And so, Creed is the runaway winner for 2015. Now, in 2016, Arnold's not working, but uh, Stallone does show up as a voice in an animated movie called Ratchet and Clank that no one saw. Yeah, I think literally it's one of his lowest grossing films of all time. Yeah. But 2017, we have another matchup. We have Schwarzenegger coming back with two straight-to-video movies. I mean, they did get maybe very small, small, small theatrical windows, but ultimately they are mostly considered direct-to-DVD movies. You have Aftermath, the drama, and you have Killing Gunther, the satirical mockumentary directed by Saturday Night Live mainstay Taron Killam. You also have Schwarzenegger popping up, narrating Wonders of the Sea 3D for its international release. It doesn't open in North America till 2019, but overseas it is out there with Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you say of course, as if it's obvious that Wonders of the Sea 3D... People know Wonders of the Sea, Tony. <laughs> but I don't know if we can count that as a 2017. Maybe we should we should be counting as a 2019. Because Maybe. We reviewed it in our podcast on 2019. Either way, I don't think Wonders of the Sea 3D is carrying any around here for Schwarzenegger. No, no. Meanwhile, Sylvester Stallone takes a small role... In a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, playing Starhawk, I believe. The uh, kind of cult character from the Marvel Comics universe. Definitely set up for potentially a spin-off or at least further adventures down the road in the Marvel Universe. I am a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. I love when they do their cosmic stuff well, because I'm a big Silver Surfer fan from way back. A lot of the characters tie into these Guardians movies. This was, I think, better than Guardians 1. I think I'm in the minority in thinking that, but I really love this movie. And, uh, I mean, I haven't seen Aftermath, but I've seen Killing Gunther, and um, boy, is it no contest. Yeah, 
I mean, Aftermath, it's not a bad movie by any means. Schwarzenegger's definitely trying to do something a little bit different as uh, a man who's lost his family and is trying to track down the air traffic controller who caused the, the plane to crash. Killing Gunther is a pretty low-budget, fairly misguided film, but what I will say is the parts that have Schwarzenegger in that film, which is maybe like the last 20 minutes, are great. And it's got Schwarzenegger probably at the best that he's been in years. He looks good. He's funny. The action's actually pretty good. He uh, really throws a fridge door around pretty well. But it doesn't really compare to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm not in the same boat as you. uh, I'm not a huge fan of the film. I really prefer a lot of the other Marvel movies over this one, if I'm going to rank those movies. But uh, I think it's pretty hard to argue with... Stallone stepping into that gajillion dollar franchise in 2017 that Killing Gunther and Aftermath would take the cake. Here is an interesting question for you, though. In terms of performances, is Schwarzenegger doing the more interesting work that year? Because, like, Stallone is, you know, he's fun in his Guardians appearances, but is he that memorable in that film? That's a good point. But what I like to think, too, is which film would I like to watch right now? Sure. And I could put on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and have a pretty good evening. I don't think I'd watch Aftermath or Killing Gunther or Wonders of the Sea 3D sure. ever again but for this podcast. Okay. Well, in 2018, Schwarzenegger sits out. Uh, Stallone puts out Creed 2, so we can't really do any matchups there. And that brings us up to the time we're recording this podcast. The future, we don't know. This year, we've got Dark Fate coming out against Rambo Last Blood. Who knows what the future holds? Maybe we'll chime in later down the road and give you a little bit of a sense of who won 2019, just to kind of keep this topic relevant. But Tony, you've done the math. We have to know. The audience at home is dying to know who won the competition of Schwarzenegger versus Stallone. I wish we had a drum roll in our little studio here. Yeah. Uh... So the final tally after a 25-round grudge match... I like that it was 25. That's a good number. Yeah, that's a nice round number. If it's like 27, you're like, that's kind of weird. I'm glad that real boxing matches don't go that long, but <laughs> for, for our purposes, it'll do. Is 11 points Schwarzenegger, 9 points Stallone, and 5 rounds, either a no contest or a tie. But I don't think this is an uncontested victory for Schwarzenegger. Like we said when we were going through this list, there's at least a couple movies that of Stallone's that, that I haven't seen, so there's a little bit of an asterisk there. Sure. And I think we would be remiss as well to not point out that Stallone didn't get to field some of his best, more recent movies, uh, namely Rocky Balboa sure. and, and Rambo. Or Creed two even. Or Creed two. So with those movies in the balance, would the scales have tipped the other way? It's possible. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. And I guess we'll just have to see as the battle wages on in the future. It's going to be really interesting to see how these guys age and continue to compete. Do you think they still have the fire of competition in them? I certainly hope so. What we, we definitely see both Stallone and Schwarzenegger continuing to take on different roles from what they were doing in the 80s and 90s, which is good to see. Even movies like Aftermath and Killing Gunther even if they don't find the mark necessarily, they are interesting to watch and interesting to watch these actors that we've grown up with trying to do something a little bit different. For sure. And I think if we were to have a head-to-head competition maybe in three, four years, things could be a little different. We'll have to wait and see. Sure, sure. 
Or we'll have to see if Bruce Willis does better <laughs> than Stallone. <laughs> we'll find out at maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> Mercury rising for the win. <laughs> okay, so I think that wraps us up for the Schwarzenegger versus Stallone grudge match. So, Tony, what are we doing next time? Well, Cam, our last episode we finished off Kindergarten Cop, and I think we're going to take another look at one of Schwarzenegger's more comedic films. We're going to do uh, Last Action Hero. I'm really curious to revisit this one. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's one of those movies that is poorly reviewed as it was, and as much as people still to this day kind of dislike it, I remember that movie kind of fondly, and there's scenes in that movie that I just I can't forget. Can't help but wonder if I'll, after seeing it, reverse my decision on the cliffhanger slash demolition man victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We'll find out. Okay, so let us know what you thought of the Schwarzenegger versus Stallone competition. You can email us, of course, at arnigenpod at gmail.com. You can also send us any Twitter messages or just tweet us in general at arnigenpod. Now, Tony, how do they get hold of you? You can find me, Tony G, that's Tony like the name, G like the letter, at arnigan.com. You can also find us direct from the wellspring, from the source, uh, www.arnigan.com. And Cam? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cam V as in V, Rocky, Smith. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, if you feel like it, uh, leave a review for us. It does help us get our podcast kind of ranked and out there, get more people listening to it. Okay, so we'll be back with Last Action Heroes.